What's up, everybody? I hope you are enjoying the podcast so far. I wanted to give you a quick offer. So if you either tag me on your Instagram story showing you listening to the podcast or screenshot this or whatever you want to do, or if you do a LinkedIn post that somehow helps me promote this podcast, I'm going to pick two random people from now until, I guess I'll do it until April 15th. From now until April 15th, if you do either of those things, either an Instagram story or a LinkedIn post promoting the podcast, whatever episode you want, it doesn't have to be this one, whatever makes sense for your post, feel free to post that, tag me, and then I'm going to pick two random people and I'm going to give you a $50 gift card to any place that you choose. So that's the offer and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Brick by Brick. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate that a lot of you are listening to this podcast regularly. Um, It's cool to see the view count slowly going up over time, Um, getting more and more listeners as we go and as we promote this more. So really appreciate you guys listening in. And uh, today I wanted to dive into one specific word that I'm going to kind of focus the entire episode around, which is the word friction. And when I say friction, I mean from kind of a business and a marketing standpoint. So um, I'll just, I'll illustrate my definition of friction with an example that I've actually experienced uh, over the past couple days. So the other day I was actually looking to buy a journal, which um, I haven't really journaled before. So if anybody's listening to this and they have like journaling tips or anything like that, um, send those over to me, but I'm going to start getting into journaling here pretty soon. But Uh, Back to friction. So I experienced a lot of friction when I went to the place to actually buy this journal. So um, I'm not going to name the place because it is a place here in Tampa, but I'm not going to not going to shout anybody out. But I went to the store at 10 a.m., which is when they opened. And there was a group of people outside. It's probably like 958, 957, like a couple minutes before 10 a.m. A lot of people are waiting outside the door for this place to open up. And 10 a.m. hits and nobody comes to the door to unlock the place. So a lot of people are standing around kind of like wondering, peeking in the door, waiting to see if somebody's going to come in or not or come out or not and open the door. And nobody ended up coming outside until like 10.05, 10.06. So it was like five, six minutes late. And a lot of people had left already because, I mean, believe it or not, a lot of people don't even want to wait five minutes for something these days. So Uh, A lot of people were leaving and I stayed because I really wanted to just knock it out. I had already made the drive over to the place. So I waited and I went in. And then whenever I got to the section that had the journals, there was a a few that I was looking at. Um, There was one specific one that um, sounded interesting and I wanted to look at it. And because there was like a little sign next to it um, that basically was promoting it like right next to the right next to the actual shelf itself. And the shelf was empty. So I went up and found a salesperson, um, somebody that was kind of working the floor of the place. And I had to kind of walk around for a couple minutes to find somebody. And that person ended up going to the back to see if they had any in stock that just weren't out on the shelf. And it took them, I don't know, probably seven or eight minutes, like being in the back looking around. And then they finally came out and said they had one left. So they gave it to me. And I looked at the price and I kind of flipped through it and I was like, all right, this is the one that I'm going to go with. 
and I thought that it was a really fair price for what I what I was getting and everything like that. And I brought it up to the register and the register was like six, seven people long. And it, there was only one employee that was on the register. So there was only one register open. And there was actually another employee standing back behind the counter. And they were actually just talking to the person who was actually checking people out. And this person was kind of like on their phone and everything like that too. So um, it was another person that definitely probably could have been, you know, also having another register open and helping people. And they were just kind of talking to each other. And like I said, they were on their phones and kind of just like BSing back and forth. And, you know, the line took a lot longer because of that. So, you know, not only did the store open five minutes late, then the shelf was empty. I had to wait for the person to take a while to like look around in the back for it. And then once I finally decided and I got to the line, the line was pretty long and the employees were kind of talking to each other and like not really making it an efficient process for everybody. And then once I finally got to the front when it was my turn, the price was wrong and it was actually more expensive than it was listed for on the shelf. And they said that it was some kind of like limited time promotion that had just ended recently. And there was no signage anywhere saying like the dates for the deal or anything like that. So really the whole process would be what I would describe as the perfect definition of friction. There were like four or five different points during that process that I was like, man, this is a very difficult, clunky process just to walk into this place and get this journal that I wanted to buy. So it shouldn't have been that difficult, but that's kind of how I would describe friction. It's when you make something difficult for somebody that wants to buy something from you. Um, sorry for the noise. Um, you make something difficult. You make something a little bit more clunky than it needs to be. Um, people like things to be smooth and easy nowadays, which is why things like Amazon have taken off so much is because it's two clicks and then, you know, it's on the way to your house already. So that's kind of how I would define friction is when you just make something more difficult for your potential lead, your potential customer than it needs to be. So this, as the world becomes more and more digital, is even becoming more important online. And it's maybe a little bit less obvious online, but it's definitely still the same concept that applies. So you want to make sure that your online presence, your digital presence, your social media presence is all very frictionless for people. And in this episode, I'm going to give you two ways to reduce friction in your online presence. And the first one is going to be optimizing your website experience. So tip number one is definitely making sure that you go onto your website, pretend that you are a customer, and just go through your website and try to look for ways to make it easier for people to actually reach out, um, ways to clarify that you, uh, you know what you do, how you want them to reach out to you. And one example that I posted on social media about recently, and you can actually go to the Brick Media Instagram or the Brick Media LinkedIn and actually look at a video where I kind of show this and walk through it. But um, we removed all of the contact forms from our website. And that was kind of a bold move. I was a little bit nervous about it because I was kind of afraid that people weren't going to reach out. Um, they weren't going to be used to how things were presented. And contact form is just such a classic thing on a website that it's almost like you can't even picture a website without having a contact form. So what I did instead was I have a button on there that says 15 minute intro call where all the contact forms used to be. And when somebody clicks that, when somebody clicks on that button, 
it takes them directly to a tool that I use called Calendly, which links up directly with my actual live calendar. And it shows everybody all the openings in my calendar that I can preset and like pre-select times that I want to be able to talk to people. So this basically takes away the need for somebody to fill out a form and wait for me to reach back out to them and schedule a time to talk to them. It reduces one extra step out of the process. So the way that it used to work was somebody fills out their name, phone, email, phone number, or name, phone, email, company, website, all that kind of stuff. And I would get an email saying that this person just reached out from your website. And then I would either call that person. And sometimes it wasn't the right time to talk. Like sometimes they didn't want to talk to me right then and there. So I was kind of guessing on when they were going to be available. And the second uh, way that I would reach out would be an email follow up, basically asking, hey, what's a good time for you to you know, get on a phone call? So there would be a little bit more coordinating back and forth. And then if I decided to call the person, it was kind of like I was guessing if they were actually going to be available at that time. So in my head, I was like, how can I reduce friction from this process? Because it just feels very clunky to me. And I found that tool that links directly up to my calendar so that one, somebody can see exactly what time I have available. And two, they're going to only book a time that they can actually talk and, you know, be available. So it's actually a really awesome, uh, experiment that I did because we're actually getting way more leads now than we than we used to before. And the good thing about it too is the leads that actually do book actually end up on the phone with me because they booked the time. They selected when they wanted to talk. Um, I was available at that time. So when I called, you know, it sent and the other cool thing too is it sends both parties calendar invites. So it'll pop up on your calendar saying, you know, you have a call with this person at this time and it'll book it for you. And all you have to do is hit accept. And it also gives you an email or a text reminder, depending on what you select. But right before the call, you know, a couple hours beforehand, um, you can kind of customize this, but it actually allows you to send the person a quick reminder. Like, you know, the person that books on our calendar, for example, it'll pop up on their email and say, hey, you have a call with Brick Media coming up soon. And it kind of reminds them that that's coming. So um, I've gotten a lot more people actually on the phone using this method. And I think a lot of it is because we reduced a lot of the extra friction points throughout the process. So um, that's been really nice. And then another way that you can optimize your website experience is by having an FAQs page. So answer the questions for people before they even have a chance to ask you them. Um, it's really nice to have that on your website and kind of make it prominent because a lot of people probably come to certain websites with a lot of the same questions in mind. Like, you know, for example, if it's a restaurant, it might be nice to have an FAQs page so that, you know, somebody can see, you know, do they have vegetarian options? Is there a parking lot? Like all these little things that people are wondering before they get to your place. And like for us, it might make sense to be like, you know, what does this typically cost? Um, who will I be working with? Are there long-term agreements? Like depending on your business, there's going to be certain questions that are going to pop into people's heads. And you want to make sure that you answer those on your website so that before anybody even gets on the phone with you or they drive over to your business or they have a meeting with you, you want to make sure that you've already answered a lot of those questions on your website to make it easier for them. So that's another way is FAQs. And then another way, um, if you go to www.businessintampa.com, 
that's actually my my second business. It's a Tampa local news source. And one thing that you'll notice is, you know, there's a lot of big publications out there where you click on an article and it automatically pops up and says, you know, hey, pay $4 a month to access this article and, you know, subscribe and all that kind of stuff. And one thing that I do is I don't gate any of the content. So if you go to businessintampa.com, you'll see if you click on any article, you get the full content. They're relatively short and simple in nature. The font is a nice size. The messages are pretty clear. Um, the design of the website is very clean. So the reason that I do a lot of these things is so that I can make sure that the process for people is easy and that there's no friction. Because there's nothing worse than seeing a headline or you know seeing something that you want to access. And then as soon as you get to it, it's asking you to sign up for something or do something or you know go through this like four-step process to be able to access it and things like that. So another problem with gating content too is people have to be logged in at all times to be able to see your content. So for example, if I have a subscription to, I mean, I don't even know if they specifically do this, but the Wall Street Journal, I'm going to have to be logged in on all the different platforms that I access Wall Street Journal from. So let's say I'm logged into Wall Street Journal on my Google Chrome. If I go in my LinkedIn app, and then I see an article from the Wall Street Journal, I'm going to have to log in again, just because I'm accessing it from a different place. So gating content is kind of a marketing strategy that's been taught um, to a lot of people. Um, it's a big thing in the media publication world, because it's a way that people can it's the it's a way that companies can get um, you know recurring revenue on a subscription basis, which is fine. I mean, whatever whatever floats your boat, feel free to do it. But another way that people have gated content and continue to still do this is, you know, for example, if I put something on my website that was like 100 you know social media post ideas um, access here. And then when somebody clicks on it, it makes them enter like their email, their phone number and like a bunch of information about themselves. It's really just a sneaky way to do lead gen um, because somebody, if they're providing that information, then that's going to allow you to reach out to them via email or call them or whatever you want to do. So um, it does work if you're trying to get people interested in a certain subject matter and you want to get their contact info. But make sure that you don't do that with like every piece of content that's available on your website, because that just creates a friction, uh, you know, a clunky type of experience for people, because all they want to do is access that content. And you want to make sure that there's enough free, but still really good content that people can read and not always have to enter something or pay for something or go through a couple extra steps to do something. So just make sure that you have enough going on on your site to where not everything is gated or they have to sign up for it. So that's kind of the the website side of it. So um, like, for example, if you want to test what we did, consider removing contact forms and seeing if there's any way to optimize that process by allowing people to book directly on your calendar. And then two was add an FAQs section so that you can uh, answer a lot of common questions before anybody even gets on the phone or they, you know, get in touch with you in person or whatever it may be. And then the third thing is make sure that you have enough free content so that not everything is gated so that somebody has to enter something to, to get it or pay for it. So those are three easy ways to, op to optimize your website experience. So number two on this podcast um, to reduce friction. So there's obviously the website side of things, which is really important because that's obviously like 
you know, a lot of the ways that people will reach out to you or come across you for the first time is on your website. And number two is going to be more focused around having clear content on social media and like in your ads as well. So whenever you're on Instagram, for example, have you ever come across a post that looked really interesting? It was like a really good video or it was like a really interesting graphic or it was like a subject matter that you were really interested in learning more about. But then you look at the caption and it's like a novel and there's like no spaces like there's, you know, it's just like a huge paragraph. It's almost like an article is the caption. So that's one example of friction is just like breaking up your captions and making them easy for people to read. So if you go to Brick or you go to some of our clients, you'll see that a lot of our captions have like spaces to break up a couple sentences. Sometimes there's like a headline with like an emoji at the top and then it like breaks it down into bullet points. Um, whereas on LinkedIn, for example, you might be able to get away with more of like a long form caption that's a little bit more thoughtful. And, you know, maybe people are used to seeing things on LinkedIn that feel almost like an article. So the whole idea is just to respect whatever platform you're on and keep in mind the psychology and kind of the user behavior on that platform. On Instagram, people love seeing things really quick. They like to digest the information really easily. Um, another way to do it outside of captions is looking at your designs as a whole for the content that you're making. Um, any video that I make on my Instagram or like for brick medias or for our clients or anything like that, there's always going to be some kind of a headline or like subtitles or just anything to make it easier for people to consume the content because there's so much out there that you need to make sure that whenever somebody sees your content, you actually have the best chance at actually getting that pe- that person to listen to it or watch it or whatever it might be. So, you know, maybe having a big headline that gives like the overall idea of what you're talking about in the video, subtitling it so that people don't have to turn their sound on because let's be honest, a lot of people are sitting on the couch like in a, you know, quieter setting with somebody in the room or they're at their desk at work and they want to listen to it without the phone blaring in their cubicle. So you got to think of all those situations where people might be listening to your content and kind of just respect the fact that if you want somebody to actually listen and consume your content, you need to make it easy for them to do that in any way that you can. So, um, and there's a lot of things that you can do with like designs when it comes to graphics. Like if you're really trying to get something across, you got to be strategic about you know, what you make a little bit bigger in the text versus like what you might highlight a different color versus where you place it on the graphic or um, really all these little things so that basically picture yourself as the customer and make sure that whenever you come across that piece of content that you just made, you can really understand the point and like the overall takeaway of what you're trying to say. Because if you don't, people are just going to breeze right past it because there's just simply too much content out there nowadays that you have to make sure that it's easy for people to consume and to understand. And another thing that I see commonly is a lot of people when they run ad campaigns on social media or on Google or whatever it might be, they don't design the landing page experience in a way that is very contextual to the ad itself. So there might be, let's say like a hat or something that you see in an ad And whenever you click on learn more or shop now or whatever it says on the ad, it just takes you to the homepage of that website versus if it took you directly to that hat's product page, the person would probably be a lot more likely to convert 
because the reason they clicked on it in the first place was probably because they like whatever was actually being shown in the ad itself. And, you know, if they land on the homepage and then they have to go to the menu and like look for the hat section and then look for the one that is navy blue and then find the one that has like the little, I don't know, pelican on it or something like that because we're in Florida. But there's there's a lot of different ways that you can make things easier for people. And, you know, that might be sending them to the homepage in certain instances to learn more. It might be sending them directly to a product page or like a services page or a contact page or a custom designed landing page that makes it just easier for people in general that are coming to you from ads. And then the other cool thing about that is if you're making a specific landing page for a specific ad campaign, you'll be able to effectively judge if that is doing well or it's not. So one thing that we've tested in the past is, for example, it'll be brickmediagroup.com slash Instagram. And whenever we send somebody to that page, it's usually from an Instagram post or an Instagram ad. So that allows us to, one, customize the experience for somebody that might be coming from Instagram. So then like at the top of the page, you can say, hey, thank you so much for keeping up with us on Instagram. Like here's, you know, what we want you to know or do or whatever. But you can kind of acknowledge like where they came from in the text on the page, which is really cool. So you can customize the whole experience depending on what you want the person to do or learn or fill out. And then it also, like I said, it gives you the ability to know if that page is working versus if you're, you know, slash Facebook or slash TikTok or slash LinkedIn uh, page worked. So a lot of different benefits, a lot of different ways to do this. And the whole point of this entire podcast episode is just reducing friction for your audience making it as easy for them as humanly possible. And that's going to, I mean, it's not only going to make it easier and it's not only going to make your brand look better to people, but it's going to increase revenue. It's going to increase leads. It's going to help in a lot of different ways that aren't just like a nice to have. So it's definitely a requirement these days in the business world, in the marketing world, to make sure that you look at your business, look at your sales process, look at your social media, your website, your marketing, the way that you're putting yourself out there, all of your designs, your brand, like the message that you're putting out. Look at everything as if you were the other person on the other side. And, obvi- and you know, get a group of people together that you think would be a good potential client for you and simply ask them, like walk them through your website and be like, what's easy? what's easy about this? What's hard about this? What don't you understand? What do you understand? What else would you want to see on this? Um, It's really important to just be thinking in the shoes of the customer. And in 2022, 2023 and beyond, having a frictionless experience is going to only become more and more important. I mean, think about your own personal behavior when you do anything. If something takes like an extra three seconds, you already don't want to do it. That's just how people are wired these days. And, you know, it's obviously because of the advances of technology and like all the other companies that are making things so easy, but it's simply the reality of the world and it's kind of where things are going. So you got to jump on that because it's not going to change and it's only going to get more and more important to have a frictionless experience. So obviously in person, it's important, but I wanted to make sure that I focused on online on this podcast episode. So hopefully you found this valuable. Hopefully you take a look at your overall presence of how you put things out there into the world and maybe find a thing or two that are creating friction 
And you'll be amazed at how much that actually helps your business and helps you get more leads and helps people have a more pleasant brand experience with your company. So let me know if you found value in this. Um, If you're willing to leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that would really help. If you're willing to subscribe on YouTube, if you just search my name, it'll probably come up. Would really appreciate that. And um, thank you all so much for listening and hope to see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Brick by Brick podcast. Please leave a review and connect with me directly on social media and I'll see you guys next time.